you, you know how I said there would be there, that there was guaranteed to be a turn one accident at the start of the Monaco E Prix. Mm-hmm. Well, um, I'm sorry. Welcome to Motorsport 101. <laughs> If you had the formulary accident for roughly 39 minutes for the for the big one, uh, you win the pool, everybody. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Hi guys, I'm Andre Harrison, and welcome to episode 192 of Motorsport 101. Oh my god, we are getting dangerously close to 200 shows here. Um, <laughs> countdown, countdown, countdown. <laughs> like, if anyone's got any fun ideas for episode 200, feel free to shoot me an email or get in touch on social media, because I've got nothing for you here, folks. I'm not the creative one here. I'm the shit poster. Um, apparently. That's what everyone says on Twitter these days. I, I'm, I, I'm now like the professional motorsport shit poster. Go me. But, uh, how about that school project? To Adrian. That <laughs> <laughs> says Cam in the Discord. <laughs> yes, kids, it's gotten way out of hand. Also, I like that Brian, like, Vic in the Discord has gone, Dre, grow a stash for 200. What the fuck is wrong with you people? <laughs> <laughs> totally fair. <laughs> King, it can't be any worse than yours. <laughs> <laughs> can't be any worse than Sebastian's. Mm, that's debatable. That, that, that should that should be one of our polls on the Motorsport 101 Twitter. Whose porn stash was worse? Like, Ryan, Ron Jeremy King or Sebastian totally not playing the stereotype Vettel? Um, <laughs> vote now! <laughs> <laughs> I get the Tokyo Discord. Yes, I stand this. No, no, you don't stand this shit. Okay, we are not growing a stash for episode two hundred. If you've forgotten, this is not a visual medium. Okay, <laughs> that means we can just tell everyone we did it. Then it happened, right? Yeah, like that bicycle kick I scored at Wembley during last year's FA Cup final. <laughs> okay, we'll, we'll go with that. Hello, Ryan. How are you? Oh, God. Lewis. Lewis, son of a <laughs> Lewis. Uh, our friend of the show and our hero and saviour, Lewis, in the Discord just went, guaranteed to be less of a disappointment than Formula 1 1000. Welcome to M101 200. <laughs> a special video episode is actually not a bad idea, Cam. Good idea. I'll keep that in mind. But I would actually like to also keep a hold of... Uh, actually try to do a podcast every once in a while. Hello, Ryan. How are you doing today? <laughs> Good, good. And on on the note of special video episode, we are still going to uphold that tradition. Once a year. Ah, uh, once a year, that special day where we go on camera and watch the Monaco Grand Prix and the Indianapolis 500. It's coming upon us. This will probably be, well, if the next episode comes out early enough, then that will be it. But this will probably be the last episode until this year's edition of the Day of Classics. Day of Classics 4. The fourth one. Um, <laughs> <laughs> For fourth sake. Google. <laughs> that, that, yeah, that works. 
That works nicely. <laughs> but uh, yes, people have asked about this. Yes, we are doing Day of Classics 4. And uh, sadly, we will not have Zoe who who literally die at the point of willpower winning the Indy 500. Um, still a legendary moment in M101 history, if I do say so myself. But uh, yes, a bunch of you guys are going to actually try and watch the Monaco Grand Prix. I am so sorry. Um, <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know why you're basically bringing this upon yourselves. It's, uh... Hey, hey, you'll, you'll be here, Dre, and... <laughs> I, I, I can't guarantee be... that yet, but I will try and get that day off. It's, it's the 26th, isn't it? Yes, it's the 26th. Okay. Okay, I'll see what I can do. <laughs> but, uh, some ro- some, and, some... In, and in Day of Classics tradition, the Monaco Grand Prix will just simply be the Indianapolis 500 pre-pre-pre-pre-pre-pre-pre-show. In other words, it's basically what we people in England call pre-drinks. Uh, basically, <laughs> before we go out and get levered watching an Indy 500, because okay, it can't be any more boring than last year's. So yes, more on Day of Classics <sighs> 4 very soon. Stay tuned for more details on that. But in the meantime, places you can find this real quick before we get into the meat and potatoes of the show, we're on youtube.com forward slash motorsport101. Uh, please, can, I, can we have a new multi-channel network back us on YouTube? That would be nice. We are available for your services. Just throwing that out there. <laughs> Thanks, Zoom in TV. Thanks a bunch. Um, <laughs> we're on Facebook.com forward slash Motorsport 101. We're on Twitter at Motorsport underscore 101. And if you want to follow our handles, you, well, you can at Harrison101HD and at Ryan Eric King and at RJ O'Connell. Sadly, he's not here for the second weekend row. He's still on vacation. God bless him. Um, he'll be back next week most likely um, and if you really like us you can back us financially on Patreon patreon.com forward slash motorsport 101 $5 gets you early access to all of our shows $10 gets you into the supporters club of our discord server where you can listen to these episodes and all of our recordings live as they come out Oh dear god we have so many people listening into this live it is a very crowded server Bear with me for one second here, guys. Yeah, shout out to Cam, Steve, Vic, Charles, Jason, Toki. Lewis Sotheby is here. Hey, Lewis. Uh, Rezzy is here. And Brian is here as well. Thanks, everyone, for listening in and for chipping in on the Discord server. Much appreciated, um, as always. And, again, you can find all of those details and a lot of some written stuff as well, every once in a while, at motorsport101.com, our website. It's actually quite a stacked show on paper this time round, although one of the races in question was an absolute shit show, and I don't mean I don't mean that in no good way. Um, we'll, be t- <laughs> we'll be we'll be talking about IndyCar's Grand Prix of Indianapolis as Simon Pagano pushed the 2016 button. More on that in a minute. Um, we'll be talking about Formula One Spanish Grand Prix as we had basically an old school MotoGP race. Lewis Hamilton won it at the first corner and was never seen again, <laughs> basically. And we have the Monaco E-Prix as well as uh, Jev broke the streak. And unfortunately, it was only the second most disappointing streak to be broken that weekend. Thanks, Jonathan. No. <laughs> Every streak is going now, and everybody, all of them, apart from Mercedes' one-two winning streak. That's the sad one, folks. We're not here for this. We we, we do not stand this. More on that in the middle of the show. But uh, after this quick musical interlude, we'll be back to talk about IndyCar's Grand Prix of Indianapolis.
So Ryan, who had Simon Pagano, two-time winner of this race, winning here again? <laughs> <laughs> It's kind of funny, though. Well, you put it that way. I know, right? <laughs> it's like, yes, this guy has somehow won no here twice one. before. Mm. No, no one thought Pagano was going to win. Because uh, even during the broadcast, they're mentioning, like, oh, things not looking good for Simon. He needs to show that he's worth it. Or, he's, or Roger's going to come in one day and say, okay, Simon Pagano, this is going to be your last season at Penske. Yeah, it's 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 kind of been like the running story for the last year and a half of Simon Pagano, where you know he he got the warning after his his his, his second year at Penske after he joined them from Schmidt Peterson, and you know he was a distant last of the four main Penske runners that Roger had. You know, obviously him, Power, um, you know Helio and Monty there as well. And uh, yeah, he uh, he got his shit together, dominated 2016, won the championship, shut everybody up, and it's kind of been a slow case since 2018 of him getting used to the new aero kits. And well, we'll get to what happened in the race itself in a bit, but King, I've got to talk a little bit about how wacky qualifying was as well. I mean, <laughs> this was like all over the place. We had a bunch of big hitters not even get out of round one. Including Tony Kanaan, James Hinchcliffe, uh, Ryan Hunter Ray didn't make it out of round one. Um, just checking, never gonna be Alex Rossi didn't make it out of round one. Uncle Helio Castroneves didn't get out of round one. <laughs> Joseph Newgarden got knocked out in round one. Um, Marco Andretti didn't make it out of the group. Uh, our group one. It was crazy in the sense of a lot of the big hitters did not get out of round one in qualifying and. Uh, by the time we got to round three, King, we had, like, I don't know if you saw the graphic they put up during qualifying on Saturday that they had Will Power and Scott Dixon combined 160 appearances in, in the final fast six round of qualifying. Everybody else combined, which was Phoenix Rosenquest, Jack Harvey, Colton Herter, and Ed Jones, four. <laughs> four. <laughs> Four. Yeah, Power and Nixon. 160 fast six appearances between them. Everybody else, a combined four. And yet, despite all of this, your pole sitter, everyone's favourite driver for hire, Felix Rosenquest, everybody. Hey! Yes, Felix Rosenquest wins his maiden pole. Driver for hire, driver for hire. Yes! We stand this. <laughs> Rosen quick as is, 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 is the IndyCar guys are very quick to label him. Yes, he he stacks the the award next to his other pole awards because he's gotten pole in Formula E, he's gotten pole in the Formula 3 European Championship. Wasn't able to get a pole in Super Formula, but this will this IndyCar pole will fill in that gap nicely. Very nicely indeed. It's, it's, it's a it's a good sticker to stick on the wall. You know, the P1 award, you stick on the rear wing. It's a nice prize. But yeah, Phoenix got on the front row. He out-qualified Scott Dixon by just two hundredths of a second with, with Jack Harvey, third. I think it was Jack Harvey's first ever Fast 6 appearance for yes. the Maya Shank Racing team ahead of Colton Herter, Ed Jones, and Will Power, who... Had good pace all the way through until the far six round hit and just couldn't get a lap together. Very odd for Will Power, who might be one of the fastest dudes the series has ever seen. Um, very, very bizarre. Like, King, we, we, go, we go to the race itself, and I also I thought it was quite 
like quite crazy that uh, Alex Rossi's race was essentially over after about four seconds. <sighs> oh, it's like it's kind of kind of sad when you get taken out, you know, by someone else. Pretty much, it was and, completely out of his control. Yeah, it, it, it was Pato Award who uh, drove into the back of him. Um, at, at, at a rate of knots, uh, I think it broke the rear suspension of the cogs. He was jittering all over the place till he got back to the pits. He lost about, I think, he lost four laps of running, getting the car back out, and that was essentially the end of Alex Rossi's day. Um, one of the fastest crashes I think I've ever seen in IndyCar. Um, yeah, shattered the right rear of the car, says Cams. That totally makes sense. Um, so yeah, just uh, whew. Oh dear. Uh, Alex Rossi had his race ruined very early on. Um, but, I mean, King, we all know the big flashpoint of the race here, right? We had a, a big leading group of Rosenquest, Dixon, Pagano. Um, Colton Herter was in there a little bit as well, but Colton Herter then was uh, accidentally but very accurately taken out <laughs> by Harvey at turn one on, on, on a restart, and then Ryan Hunter Ray clatters into the side of him. <laughs> Oh dear, that wasn't very pretty either. Yeah, it it wasn't pretty at all. That was after that was after the restart. After Marcus Ericsson spun out on his own, going into the final corner and put it all the way back onto the oval wall, which uh, again, not pretty. Um, yeah, Hunter Ray got spun around by James Hinchcliffe. I think Hinchcliffe had a drive through as well. It was a bit messy in the early going, but. Uh, there was a big flashpoint, folks. Uh, I think it was that 59 or so where Helio Castroneves spins off into the gravel trap, tries to get out. Now, it's been spitting at this point rain-wise. It, it's not been wet enough to cause a major difference, right? Everyone's tiptoeing a little bit, but not too crazy. Helio spins it into the wet gravel trap. He beaches the car trying to get back on the gravel. This pulls out uh, a, a full-course yellow. Um, and by that point, it is now fully wet. Everyone, everyone has now come in for wet tyres. Now, all of a sudden, King of about, I think it was um, 15, 16 laps to go, um, Simon Pagano dropped the hammer. Like, uh, it's... They, they foreshadowed it during the MDC broadcast, mm. where they mentioned back during Simon Pagano's days as a Peugeot factory driver for the LMP1 program, uh, Peugeot would spend, you know, a lot of time in their preparation for Le Mans just doing laps in the, in the wet. Almost six days a week, out in their test track, they would artificially wet the surface, and they would just send their drivers out there to just keep doing run after run after run, and... This almost gave this 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 experience gave Simon Pagano a sixth sense to driving in the wet, and it showed. See, I hadn't. I I obviously that's the thing, right? I think I might have missed it because this race was playing when I was at work, right? And like we had to turn the sound off at work because I was closing the shop. It was it was right around ten p.m. UK time as we were in the middle of the race. So I had not heard that story um, on on the commentary until I got back in from work. It was about ten thirty, and it was. Right, like right after the restart, um, the, the final restart before Pagano basically went off. Because again, it was foreshadowed. Um, Simon Pagano got a brilliant restart, went round the outside of Spencer Piggott, and then got up to the leading group. Like, like he was so much. It was he was demonically late on the brakes. To like to the point where he was maybe breaking ten, fifteen meters later than everybody else. <laughs> 
did a beautiful switch back on Jack Harvey. Harvey was getting the fit. And by the way, I'm just mentioning mention this on the side. Pagano was doing this with virtually no push to pass left. He'd already burned his yeah. 200 second allocation. Um, and he, he just basically he outgunned everybody. He outbroke Harvey. You know, he did a beautiful switch back to come around the inside and beat him. Um, get into second place. Catches up to the back of Scott Dixon. He was, he's basically bullying Dixon all over the road. I have never seen Dixon manhandled like that, by the way. Like, this is not no scrub. This is Scott Dixon, like, the one of the best IndyCar drivers ever. <laughs> and he's basically sent it at the small double hairpin complex they have after the mini straight. On, watching this in real time, I said this on Twitter, and I will say it again here. That might be the most single impressive IndyCar drive I've seen since Joseph Newgarden pretty much led that Iowa Corn 300 from start to finish. That was so, so impressive. Um, like I did not know he was that much of a rain god. It, I, I was in awe watching that, King. It was, it was astonishing. Me and Ryan, who aren't normally those animated watchers of motorsport... <laughs> Uh, we gave him a stand innovation watching that after the race. We were in shock. We couldn't believe what we were seeing. It was it was wonderful, wonderful driving to watch. What, what did you make of it, King? In real time, real time. It it was sort of surreal to watch happening in real time because I just come home from work so I only saw the, that period from the safety car to the finish, and I was like, this race is incredible. Uh, like I. Uh, people have their, you know, gripes about, you know, the pre-safety car portion of the race, but afterwards, that was a masterclass on how to, you know, take the victory in changing conditions. Yeah, that was Jensen Button, Canada 2011, sort of just changeable conditions brilliance. Um, just, again, just, just, just a joy to watch. That was an absolute masterclass from Simon Pagano. Um it, again, we, we've mentioned it before. It's 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 2016. It was just it was that season where Pagano was just so so strong on any road or street circuit that was out there. He had a good chance of winning. Um, just oh my word, uh, what what an unbelievable uh, performance that was. Like it's one of those things. That if you, if you have not seen. Like, if you've not seen this, like, the full race, I'm sure, will be on IndyCar's YouTube channel in the next couple of days. It probably will be out by the time this actually goes out. You can already see the half an hour uh, fast-forward extended highlights version on YouTube now. But uh, Simon Pagano, he has taken the title from from Powie as new rain god. After that performance, <laughs> I, I, I like the, the 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 rain god nickname has been now been moved to Simon Pagano because, uh, good lord, that is a uh, thing of beauty from Pagano. Go out of your way to see that. It was a uh, it was a masterclass of how to how to win a race in the wet. Scott Dixon won't be too upset though, given he finished in second. Championship points and all that <laughs> fun stuff. Because Scott Dixon never goes away. He just doesn't. He just knows how to... How to no. Just just racks up those points. Just does it so, so well. We've got to talk about some of the other guys in the top end of the field. King Jack Harvey, what a weekend he had. <laughs> yeah, it, it was insane that, you know, number one, he qualified so high up in the field. Yep. Number Fair. two, uh, uh, 
large parts of the race, they were talking about maybe Jack Harvey could win this thing. Because before Pagano came in the picture, it looked like we were going to get a closing duel between uh, between Scott Dixon and uh, Jack Harvey. Mm. But obviously, restart happened. Pagano not only had a great launch, but he had pretty much most of his push to pass still available, so he was able to easily pull a gap away from Jack. Mm. Yeah, Harvey had used most of his push to pass earlier on in the race. Dixon had about 30, 40 seconds in reserve, and that was enough to, for Dixon to create that gap. Thinking he might have had enough to hold off Pagano, it wasn't. Um, but still, again, his first ever IndyCar podium. Again, he's, it was his first ever Far 6 appearance as well. And a fantastic result for the Shank Racing crew. They've been waiting for the, for this day. Um, I also I love the uh, the the balls on Jack after the race. He was interviewed after the race. It was very brief because they they literally almost ran out of time on TV um, before they had to come off the air. They had just enough time to interview the top three, and they said. And Harvey said, "If you look at this reaction now, when we finished in third, just wait till we win one." <laughs> <laughs> I like the confidence, Jack. I like that. Um, yes, an IndyCar, a Brit on the podium. We're here for this. Excellent news. Well done, Jack Harvey. Brilliant weekend from him. And again, that didn't feel like a fluke. He was just that quick all weekend long. Um, so yeah, well-deserved from Jack in third. Face lighted in fourth as well, everybody, for AJ Foyt. Uh, Foyt, who's been nowhere all season long. <laughs> from 21st on the grid as well. Um, one of Foyt's crazy pit-em-off sequence strategies, King, actually worked beautifully. Ain't that a thing? Yeah. I, 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 surprised things played out that well, but it's like, you know, it's, of course, gambles don't always pay off, but it's it's amazing when they do. No kidding. Like, again, like I said, Foyt has been virtually nowhere pretty much all season long. Him and Tony Kanan have looked extra struggle-ish, and for Matt Lice to come for it. And again, he held his own out there in the wet conditions at the end of that race as well. I mean, I think these kids are just fearless. The, the young ones just don't know any better. We're just going to put my foot to, foot to the ground and see what happens. And Matt Lice again finished in fourth, only about five seconds or so off the victory in the end. Very, very well driven indeed from Matt Leist as well. I mean, running down the full order, we get, as mentioned, Pagano winning, Dixon second, Harvey third, Matt Leist fourth, Spencer Piggott in fifth. That's another great job from him as well. Um, I think that's his best performance of the season so far. So good to see Spencer up there. Ed Jones in sixth. A bit more quiet from him, but still, again, a very, very strong drive for Ed. Needed to get that one back up there. How the kick, How did Will Power shithouse a seventh? He was nowhere during the race. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> uh. Just, just gotta hold on. You just gotta hold on. Like, well, obviously, that race was chaotic during the end. He just, you know, stayed on track, kept kept his nose clean for the closing segment, and got a seven. Yeah, just just got a seven because again, his, his race pace was non-existent. Um, <laughs> yeah, in, in that one, but still found the way to shit house a seventh. He'll take it. I'm given, given now again how Petsky in general did not look particularly great out there. Apart from Simon. Uh, Felix dropped to 8th in the end. He got he got beat up a little bit there. But he did lead 15 laps. Gets a nice little bonus point there. Which is always nice. But you have a good drive from Felix. I'm sure there'll be more to come from him. Graham Rahal in ninth. Um, there. Santino Ferrucci in the top 10 again. Like I, I love that there's like a tumbleweed that just roll past the Discord server as I mentioned that name. Uh, <laughs> that's the fallout meme of everyone disliked that. Um, Sebastian Bourdais in 11th, Zach Veach 12th, Marco Andretti 13th, 
Takuma Sato, who did a bit of dirt tracking earlier on in the race in 14th. Joseph Newgarden, who was who never really recovered, despite being off sequence in 15th place. Head of James Hinchcliffe, who was too busy spinning people out. No, James, you can do better than this. Ryan Hunter Rain, 17th, the victim of said spin. Max Chilton in 18th, Pado Award in 19th. Um, Tony Kanan in 20th, Helio Castro Neves 21st. Uh, and again, we're getting into the the, the not so big finishes here. Alex, Alex Rossi finished four laps down in the end in 22nd. Colton Herter in 13th, again, the victim of that Harvey uh, contact at turn one. And Marcus Ericsson, as mentioned, spun off into the wall in 24th place. We'll get into a couple of minor stories in a minute, but quick rundown of the championship. Joseph Newgarden's lead has been completely ebbed away here, folks. Uh, Newgarden still leads the championship, but now only by six points ahead of Scott Dixon. See, King, all of Newgarden's hard work at the start of the year, gone. <laughs> gone. In one bad race, Dixon has reeled him completely in. Ah, uh, amazing. Alex Rossi's now third on 146 points. He's now 36 off the top. Simon Pagina will up to all the way. He gained seven places with this win. He's now fourth on 138 points. All of a sudden, Pagano's back in title contention going into the 500 because, of course, Takuba Sato in 5th on 132, Power on 119 in 6th, Graham Rahal on 113 in 7th, Seb, Seb Bourdais on 111, Hunter Ray on 109, and James Hinchcliffe on 107 to round off the top 10, one point ahead of Felix Rosenquest. I'm going to call an audible here, King, for, real quick, because I don't think we talked about this on last week's show. Did we talk about Pado Award? I don't think we did, did we? No, we did not. No, because we missed this in the news last week because it was it came a couple of days after we recorded, and I forgot to put it in the set list. Silly me! But Pado Award is now a part of the Red Bull Driver Academy, <laughs> and I'm like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Again, Cam immediately in the Discord goes fresh Red Bull meat. Pado Award. <laughs> it's like, oh yeah, probably Helmet Marco was like. Bye, Dan. Uh, Pato's my new son now. <laughs> He's no longer my son. Meet your new son. <laughs> my new Mexican son. It's like, oh boy. And then, and then Pato immediately admitted after after his uh, new hire that uh, he wants to get into F1 for 2020. Um, yeah, using IndyCar as a stepping stone. <laughs> Classic Rossi strat. <laughs> <laughs> We, we, we all forget that one, don't we? The one that like, Alex Rossi, devout new IndyCar star, was more than happy to step on the throat of the series no less than three years ago to get back into F1. Oh, I'll get to that in a minute. Um, <laughs> also, I love that Lewis in the Discord was he's already been jumped in the queue by Cesaro and Neymar. <laughs> 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 the WWE Cesaro and Neymar both rocking up in Catalonia. More on that in a, in a minute, but King, like, yeah, mm. it's like <laughs> I was about to say, oh, it's not AEW that should be worried about. It's Tarasa. <laughs> Tarasa is the threat here. European uppercuts in in blue t-shirts. He also gave Valtteri Bottas the pole award, which I thought was quite cute as well. Um, but uh, oh my god! I mean, King, I mean, Pano Award. There's debate about whether he's eligible or not, given his IMSA experience. I know Will Buxton was debating it on Twitter at the time. But well, the the only reason why there's any debate 
is because Dr. Helmut Marco says that Pato Award has enough points. Hmm. I'm not convinced he does. <laughs> I love how, you know, we, 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 the FIA came up to system so we'd have a concrete way of measuring if somebody was eligible to be an F1 or not. And yet more, but, more confusion. <laughs> because a lot of the competitions are poorly defined and what those competitions are, especially in the sports car categories. <laughs> oh, because for the uh so for for IMSA they don't define what they mean by IMSA prototypes. Mm. It just says IMSA prototypes. IMSA prototypes. That's a uh, that's nice and to the point. Um <laughs> um oh dear. But uh, well, I guess we'll- and like there there's a lot of stupid debate like people's like uh it says uh, on the super license sheet, it says Formula Mazda instead of uh, Pro Mazda, what the championship was known back then. Mm. Uh, it should be noted the series that uh, Pat Award raced in is the only professional Formula Mazda series. <laughs> so that shouldn't be a debate. Don't know why people are like, nope, doesn't count because it's not Formula Mazda. It's like, there is no Formula Mazda, guys. Oh my god. So, all intents and purposes, Pato Award is extremely close on points. Uh, pretty much the what would put him over the threshold is whether the FIA considers the prototype challenge class class of IMSA Sports Car Championship to be an IMSA prototype series or not. Hmm. <laughs> pretty much that determining factor would either say he has enough points or he doesn't have enough points. I'm willing to say that if Dr. Marco is confident enough to say he has enough points, I think he has enough points. You'd think they would have checked that out. You'd think, you know? Um, yes. Before signing him, because they're, they're not going to stick a guy in their academy that has no chance of getting into F1, especially when his main outlook point is going to be IndyCar, and that's going to be very hard to get enough points in that series, given how competitive it is. So, I'd like to think Dr. Marco's done his homework here, and if he's coming out with that in confidence, I hope so. Then again... He did say this about Dan Tictum as well. And, uh... Yeah, and it's... Yeah. It, it's, we're put in the awkward situation where the FIA can't say anything about it because the way the super license system work, for, for them to make a ruling, you have to apply for a super license, which Red Bull has not. Of course they haven't. This seems, this seems extremely Red Bull, doesn't it? <laughs> like, but, uh... Yeah. So, King, when does uh, Daniel Kivia get fed to the lines again? Uh, I don't know. We made it through Spain. Nothing happened, so I think we're good for the year. I hope so, because he drove very well in Spain, bless him. But, uh, you know. <laughs> oh, dear. But, uh, you know, like I said, Pato Award, we all know, extremely exciting talent. Great guy. Like, again, him and F1 would be cool as shit, especially given he came over from IndyCar. That doesn't happen very often. That would be genuinely cool. Would it actually happen? Well, we'll have to wait and see. More fun. Also, King, did, did, you, did you see the sass that came out of Graham Rahal yesterday? Oh, was he wrong, though? <laughs> was he uh, wrong? Though? It's like... I have to... it's that moment when someone you hate makes a good point. Yeah, this is the definition of that meme. It's like, uh, Graham Rahal on Twitter, and I quote, like, yesterday, um, 
And I quote, nothing gets me more fired up to watch the F1 race than turning on the TV and the first thing the commentator says is, nobody has a chance to win except Mercedes. Sweet. And then, of course, Alex Rossi doubled down on this by saying, hey man, the top five are only separated by 45 seconds before the safety car. So it was close. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's just like, <laughs> it's, it's just like, oh. I, I love how feebly insecure IndyCar is about its own series that they have to constantly fire shots at F1, even if they are right. Because somebody said to me, well, was Graham wrong? And I'm like, well, no, but actually, you're missing my point here. It's like, dude, you don't need to dunk on F1 to make yourselves look good. I'm just saying, you kind of hold up on your own merit, you know? You don't need to sass F1. Trust me, most of us in here already do that enough as it is. <laughs> like... Do it on a daily basis. <laughs> oh, trust me. I, I, I thoroughly rest my nuts on, on F1's forehead on repeated occasions over its own mediocrity. And I'm, and I'm being nice when I say mediocre. Also, best of luck with your exam tomorrow, Tokyo. I know you're listening in. Best of luck, buddy. Um, but, yeah, yeah oh God, yeah. <laughs> it just when it comes out of Graham Rahal, it immediately makes me cynical. <laughs> it's just because it's Graham, and you know he's such a homer for his own series. It's ridiculous. But yes, this was probably IndyCar's best race of the season so far. Um, probably best race in quite some time, actually, because like 2018 didn't have one really big landmark race, as far as I can remember. Um, no, nothing in particular. Just you know, <laughs> standard indie car races, which they're they're pretty good. They're not great, mm. just pretty good. Also, Cam insists I mention this before we move on from indie car. Like Chris found a can of rich energy due to their sponsorships in indie <laughs> lights. Apparently, he, he it was quoted as tasting not bad. <sighs> Not bad, tangy Red Bull, end quote. <laughs> tangy Red Bull. So it basically it tastes like glucose. Like every other energy drink, then, yeah? <laughs> more citrus glucose. Oh, more citrus. Okay, it's like an orange leucosate. Because we, we all know that is like the god tier of energy drinks. Everyone knows you can't go wrong with an orange leucosate. Like, this is a fact. <laughs> Anyone that's listening to this show from the UK will know exactly what I'm talking about here, okay? We're off the beaten path for a second here. We'll pull this back into motorsports in a minute. But we all know the Orange Lucasade is the go-to energy drink of choice. But as, as, as Vic points out in the Discord, it is not as good post-sugar tax. That is also true. They've taken all the sugar out of it. It's not fun. It's healthy for us, though, King. Sugar tax. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> Oh dear. Although, as as Jason mentioned, Rossi's flavor of monster is very, very good. Mm, not denying this. I drank about fourteen cans when I was in Bruno last year. I kind of had to. I was, I was there. On, I was, I was there as a guest of monster. I could not do it. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a problem. But <laughs> I can quit any time I want. Um, <laughs> but yes, go watch IndyCar. It was a fun time. Uh, it was a very fun time indeed. Um, go watch it. And Simon Pagano was uh, fucking amazing, I have to say. After this quick break, we'll be back to talk about. Oh, great. Formula One in Catalonia. Uh, oh, Jesus, no! Uh, <laughs> God.
King, are you going to miss the Spanish Grand Prix? Well, news. <laughs> that kind of says it all, doesn't it? So, um, quick, I'm going to just say it now to the news section. Apparently, there's still talks. Uh, the, the promoters of the Spanish Grand Prix have confirmed that there's still talks for the Spanish Grand Prix to remain on the calendar. Yeah, they're trying to save it. <laughs> trying to save it. It's like, guys, we can't miss you if you're still here. It's like, do we really want to save this that much? It's like, is, is this worth saving? <laughs> like, the boy's on life support here, okay? Like, you know. But, uh, yeah, this, for what could very well be the final Spanish Grand Prix, I'd argue the highlight was on Saturday. King, your man's. Just dunked on the entire field yeah. in qualifying by 0. 0.6 of a second. What the hell happened? Uh, he he just he just you know got up one morning after this bowl of porridge, just sat there and just like maybe I too can be like Nico Rosberg. Yeah, I guess he didn't like the comparison, did he? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a Rosberg. I'm a free man. <laughs> <laughs> my own man <laughs> which like I think in the week leading up to the race there are like at least two autosport articles comparing like it's like oh Valtteri Bottas is definitely like Nico Rosberg or or two like Valtteri Bottas will never be Nico Rosberg <laughs> yeah <laughs> to put it into perspective like Mercedes are on pole by 0.6 of a second obviously Lewis Hamilton shared the front row uh, Sebastian Vettel was 0.8 back in third. Um, Charles Leclerc, I think, was in fifth after a weak Q3. He was 1.2 off the top. Um, what put it into perspective was Sebastian Vettel's fastest time in qualifying was virtually the same as Ferrari's fastest time during the test before the season started. And during that test, they were on C5 rubber. As Cam points out on the Discord, Vettel set a lap time no faster than the fastest preseason time, despite in-season upgrades, a power unit upgrade, proper race conditions, and one of the best laps I've seen him do in a good while. The car had apparently nothing more to give. King, Ferrari showed their entire hand in preseason testing. Uh, this is this is the part where we uh leave our our job at Marinello and we head out to the local pizzeria and we just eat pizza until we literally can't move and they have to call an ambulance. I'm go- I'm going to die. <laughs> <laughs> I I've, I've just had enough of this fucking team. Like that like I'll get to more of that in a minute, but Jesus Christ. like 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 if anything, I think this was the race where the penny dropped that yeah. They weren't bluffing. Mercs really are this good. Ferrari has got no chance of winning anytime soon. Like, this is a track where, especially in Sector 3, a lot of it is built on chassis and aero, that low-speed cornering grip, you know, chassis and aero strength. And that's where Ferrari was losing the majority of its time. Sector 3 Ferrari was so much worse than everybody else. And... <sighs> it, oh, Lord. <laughs> And then we get to the race. Then we get to the race. Then we get to the fucking race. Yeah. <laughs> Rezzy just tweeted, Church of Dre's in session. Oh, all rise, motherfuckers. All rise. 
Oh my god. Lewis Hamilton takes the lead through turn one. Like, Bavaltu was caught in a sandwich um, going into that long run down turn one. Hamilton took the inside. Vettel took the outside. Vettel locked his tyres up going into turn one, trying to go free wide through turn one. As we established last year, kids, that doesn't work. Um, <laughs> um, Vettel flat spotted his tyres. He was losing a ton of time to uh, the two Mercedes and Verstappen who are now overtaking him into third place. Um, the losing- oh, joy. Oh, yeah, Verstappen, again, dunked on. Um, yeah, just, oh, Lord of mercy. Like, it's obvious at that point in time Leclerc was the faster man. Yet, it took Ferrari about six laps to come to the, con- to come to the conclusion yeah, we, we need to get Sebastian out of the way because he's flat spot with his size. Vettel was literally begging them to pull him to one side, let Leclerc go through, and then box him as soon as possible. I just... King, what the fuck took him so long? <laughs> we gotta think about all the repercussions of our decision to like before we make it, obviously. How how Sebastian feel after the race if if he finds out that we did this? <laughs> Vettel literally told them to pull the team order. Like, what What yeah. more do you need? <laughs> he said, I'll let him through on the straight, let him through and pit me as soon as you can. It's just, oh my. It's like... It's... I, I, I've had this feeling for like a couple of years now where, you know... We always talk about, in in terms of economics, about, you know, debatably, whether companies are too big to fail. It it feels like Ferrari has grown too big to succeed. Where it's like, just the fact that that their brand is so revolved around motorsport and how they appear to potential, you know, customers in motorsport, that they'll never take any risky... They'll never make any risky decision out on track and pretty much it it hampers their performance it's it's either you're gonna be a great formula one team or you're gonna make great road cars as as eddie jordan used to say you really can't do both and that's what it's starting to feel like at ferrari and oh it gets worse by the way like I, i i ain't i'm far from done here people because that's the thing they did box Sebastian relatively early. They got him on a soft a soft pair of tyres. Vettel then becomes the fastest man on track. Because we all know like Vettel tends to go best when he's on slightly harder rubber. Maybe not race maybe not race rubber, but like like often the medium compound, he is often super strong. He was. He was the fastest man on track. He was making time up. Obviously he's lost time on strategy moving out of the way for Leclerc. He gets back up to the back of Leclerc. And then Ferrari take about six laps again to get Leclerc out of the way. And I'm like, you did it again? (laughs) In the same... (laughs) I despair. You did it twice in the same race. And they told told their drivers different stories, King. They, they, They said to Sebastian, oh, we're on different strategies. And then they tell Leclerc, oh no, we're on the same strategy. You weren't. Because you put Leclerc out on the hard tire. I just... Yeah, this is dumb. It was so dumb. What the fuck is this team? I just... Oh, my... 
The quote was, you're doing good job, Sebastian is on plan A, just like our plan A. That's what they told Leclerc on the radio. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but... No, no, I'm pretty sure in the debrief, in the debrief, they're gonna, they're gonna say that they, that our plan A was different than their plan A. We never said it was the same. <laughs> oh, fuck, right, off. <laughs> Like, do you, do, do they, like, I was going to say, do they think we were born yesterday? But clearly they think we do. <laughs> they think we're stupid. That's the only logical explanation for this shit. Like, this, this was the worst I've ever seen Ferrari handle a race. I've been watching them for nearly 20 years. This, these guys were the, t- the, the kings of ruthless efficiency for years and years and years. They have completely watched this. How? Yep. They com- I, uh, How was their decision making so bad? And the pit stops were botched too. They had a loose wheel nut on two pit stops and they had two slow pit stops as well. They were incompetent on every level. From from the boys in the back to the boys in the front. All, all of it. All of it was just wrong. Wrong on every... How did they fuck this up so bad? I do not understand this. I, I just—it's—it's it, it's like Jason pointed out on the Discord. It was like they were working out race strategy on a Commodore sixty-four. I—I—I—I—I—I I, 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 I know you were probably expecting some sort of angry Dre rant from me at this point. I am literally too utterly bemused and speechless to come up with the right words. I'm broken. Yeah, it's 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 the the fundamental issues with the car. It's not something that can be resolved by the next Grand Prix or even at the end of this current run of Grand Prix in Europe. It's it's something that you pretty much have to write the year off for. Binotto straight up admitted after the race the entire concept of the car might be wrong. I I just. We're five races in. We're five races in, and that might as well be Ferrari waving the white flag. We're done. This season is effectively over. Yeah, done. Like, I can't believe I'm saying this like, after five rounds. I'm normally quite cynical about F1 in general. This is a new level. If they're that bad in Sector 3 in Spain, where are we going next? Monaco. The entire track is like that. Monaco, you might as well write off too. We're done. It's to the point. It's to the point where we're not talking about Ferrari being, you know, handicapped here. We're talking about the entire competition, the Formula One World Championship, being at detriment due to Ferrari's lack of performance. Yeah, Ferrari might have single-handedly blown this entire season and turned it into a one-horse fight already. Yeah, literally, literally making. Formula One as a product, nigh unwatchable. I I I I am bemused. I'm like Stephen A. Smith right now. I'm flabbergasted, bamboozled, run amok, led astray. We've been hoodwinked. <laughs> I just I, I can't believe this. It's just how is one team this universally incompetent to the point where we thought this might be the year for Ferrari? You've got Charles Leclerc, you've got Sebastian Vettel, you've had a guy that actually has been able to ruffle Mercedes feathers consistently for the last year and a half. 
You've given them five one-two finishes. Five. Mercs have scored 99% of the available points so far this season. 99! It's over! They're, they're 94 points off in the Constructors' Championship, and they're five rounds in. They weren't 94 points back at the end of last season, King. There's, there's literally something horrendous would have to happen at Mercedes for anyone else, let alone Ferrari, to stand in contention. Because that's how far up the road Mercedes is from everyone else, not just Ferrari. And, and that's the terrifying thing. Even if Ferrari was at its optimal, Mercs have been perfect. They've not put a foot wrong all season long. There is, there is, there, there has been no point in besides Bahrain this season where Mercs has not looked virtually unstoppable. Bahrain was the one chance Ferrari had to throw a sucker punch, and they fucked that up too. <laughs> but, yeah, because it feels like, more and more it feels like Ferrari were destined to lose Bahrain anyway. That's when they realized that there's something fundamentally wrong with their car, that they can't go at 100%. This this is the end of days. This... This is Shambon. I said this. This season's over. I feel like this season is already over. Mercs are with the bookies. They are one to twenty-five to win the constructors' championship after five rounds, which means those guys who are arm betting fans out there, you have to risk twenty-five quid to win one pound. <laughs> That's <laughs> they are twenty-five to one on to win the constructors. That's what we're talking about here. The- it's over. It's it's over. This season is a two-horse race for the drivers. It's it's 2014 again. It's the unknown Bottas and what the known the unknown quantity of Bottas against Lewis goddamn Hamilton. Who knows how that plays out? But the end is fucking nigh. I I, I just I I'm broken. Draybot exe is broken. I I it, it needs a reboot. I I can't believe this has happened. This team is fucking incompetent on every level. Now, I just now let's talk about a team that you know seems to be improving, but they're not going to be in contention. Red Bull, or as we're now calling it, the Max Verstappen Power Hour. That, that, like that's what this is because Pierre <laughs> Gasly is nowhere. It's like again, Gasly, you're in trouble, son. I'm just saying, like. T- being the sixth out of a crippled top six right now is not a fucking good look. I'm just saying. But, good lord. Verstappen, in all fairness to him, has driven extremely well pretty much all season long. He's been... He's basically maximised every opportunity he's had so far this season. Like, he's only finished worse off than where he started in one Grand Prix this year, and that was in Baku. Every other time, he's finished ahead of where he started on the grid. You can't ask for much more than that, and he's driving very, very well, King. Yeah, you can't ask for anything more. Uh, and especially, you know, when you when you look at it from, you know, that distance of this championship being over, it's kind of something to say when the top five 
through the top five races have been the same five drivers. Yeah. And one of those drivers is your guy, Max Verstappen. Our friend and yours. Like, I actually just kind of admire the fact that Max has mostly just shut up and gone on with it this year. He knows that car's not going to win any races anytime soon. All he can do is just go out there and just do his best race. And, yeah, it's you're right. The top five has been exactly the same in terms of the same five drivers all five rounds. Pierre Gasly has been the odd one out um, in this, but the top five has been the same five drivers for all five races so far this season. Good fucking times. But yeah, Max is clearly the bronze medal at the moment. And again, he's third in the championship, which says it all, given the current situation. That right now, Max is the best of the rest. Ferrari are tripping over their own feet. And Red Bull, just by driving clean and executing with their lead driver, is doing great. It's just a shame they'd probably be a bigger threat to Ferrari and the the constructors right now if it wasn't for the fact that Gasly is an anchor. By comparison, which is sucks because I want Gasly to do well. He's better than what what we've seen from him so far this season, but they're nowhere near good enough for Gasly at the moment, and that's why Red Bull are 150 to one to win the constructors because Gasly's not scoring points. <laughs> not on the same level, anyway. It's terrible. Oh dear. But yeah, shout out to Max driving very very well at the moment. Can't hasn't. hasn't just, Barely put a foot wrong all year. He shut up and got on with his driving, which is what we kind of all wanted him to do. And he has. So, good for him. Um, a couple of other things to take away from this race. There wasn't much. Um, there really wasn't much. Um, <laughs> did, did you see the Haas Civil Walking? Uh, yes, I did. Man, it's, it's not only just Haas. Like, we expect to see, you know... We expect the midfield to carry us through these dark times. <laughs> Thanks, Kevin. But the midfield, too, is is in shambles. Yeah, it's like the midfield is a <laughs> bit of a mess at the moment still. But uh, thanks and shout out to Kevin Magnuson for uh, providing some inadvertent and accidental entertainment by uh, basically trying to run his teammate off the road. Good times. <laughs> Good times. Good times indeed. And uh, Gunther was not best pleased. <laughs> After You've probably already seen the clip on F1 social media by now. But post-race, uh, Gunther told K-Mag on the radio, straight to me after the race, please. <laughs> like, in other words, K-Mag's been a very naughty boy, um, <laughs> essentially. And, uh, yeah, straight to the headmaster's office. Uh, oh, dear. And uh, he, 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 he basically, Gunther also got on the radio, told Grosjean, listen. Stay calm. We'll have a chat after the race. <laughs> Stay calm. <laughs> basically. Um, because uh, Magnussen basically rode his own teammate off the road on two separate occasions to the point where Grosjean had to take the runoff um, and come back on uh, past the safety bollard to get back on position. And it cost him two spots because he was fighting Carlos Sainz Jr. as a result and he ended up slipping to 10th in the end. While K-Mag took 7th, 6 seconds down the road. K- what is it with K-Mag again? He's like, he's like he's just these weird random asshole moments he has every once in a while. It's really annoying. <laughs> it's been like K-Mag for like his whole career, Trey. I know, it's like, I shouldn't be surprised at this by this point really now, should I? It's, uh, it's a pain, because the man is such a good driver, and yet... He just goes out of his way to like almost ruin himself with the, the occasional asshole moment. It's really annoying. Um, 
I, I, who wouldn't want to be a fly in the wall in that meeting with Gunther Steiner, especially now we have the F1 Netflix documentary out where we all know the man swears like a sailor. <laughs> Can't wait for season two of Drive to Survive. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, boy. Can't, can't wait for that one. That's going to be fun. Oh, boy. But uh, who wants to be a fly on the wall in that meeting? Yes, please. Also, King, who was to blame for Stroll v. Norris? Because they, they had a big one at, at, at turn two. Because, uh, yeah, it, it seems to be a case of six of one, half a dozen of the other to me. But that's kind of what it felt like. Yeah. It's like Stroll kind of closes the door in him a bit too soon, but Norris kind of hung around a bit too long. That's kind of what it feels like to me. There was no back down in either of them, and they both ended up paying the penalty for it. That's kind of how I feel about it. What do you What do you make of it? Yeah, that's pretty much like it. It trade like it's a textbook racing incident. Yeah, I, I don't think there's been anything post race in terms of pen of penalty. So I think I think they just let that one lie. I think the double DNF was enough. Um, of, a, of a quote-unquote punishment for it, which I think is the right decision from the stewards. I don't think anything need, anything need, anything more needed to be done. I think it was literally just a uh, just a uh, a racing incident more than anything else. No Lando memes for a week. Naughty boy, <laughs> basically. <laughs> um, consider his wrist well and truly slapped um, on that one. Here's the full race results. Not that anyone really cares. Lewis Hamilton won. Yay. He also had fastest lap, so he gets 26 points. Double the A. Um, Valtteri Bottas in second. He was four seconds behind and never really put up a threat in the race, which was actually kind of disappointing given how strong his qualifying pace was. Sigh. Max Verstappen in third. Um, Sebastian Vettel in fourth. Also, King, we had a safety car restart, thinking we might get some hype, and then nothing. Hamilton just took off. Yep. that, that just sums up that Grand Prix. Even a safety car couldn't spice this up. God damn it. Yeah, as mentioned, Sebastian Vettel was fourth. Charles Leclerc in fifth. Pierre Gasly in sixth. K-Mag wins the Formula 1.5 race uh, in seventh place there via controversial circumstances. Um, <laughs> Carlos signs in eighth. Good drive from him. I mean, I love that he admitted after the race, like straight after the race on the Radio King. We had no pace. No pace whatsoever, and we still finished in eight. <laughs> Straight up admitted it. The McLaren was a dog all weekend long. Still finished in eighth. Good job, Carlos. Good job. Danny Kvyat, who, by the way, had the highlight of the race, a sensational round-the-outside move at turn four and five. Good shit, Danny Kvyat. Good shit. Um, all of that. He had a very, very good race. I was, I was disappointed he didn't win driver of the day. Unfortunately, um, on that one, that was a uh, that was a shame. Um, so yeah, you know, <laughs> uh, good for him. And uh, yeah, uh, Romain Grosjean, as mentioned, rounded off the points in tenth ahead of Alex Albon, Daniel Ricciardo, um, who only just finished ahead of his teammate Nico Hulkenberg, despite the fact Hulkenberg started from pit lane. God damn it, Renault! <laughs> Renault, what the hell are you doing? Seriously. <laughs> It's like, like, like that team is a dumpster fire right now. I don't know what is going on with them. Gee, yeah, Ricard. Yeah, they want to be they want to be world champions in two years. They're currently eighth in the constructors right now. Banana bus. I don't mean that in no good ways. Jason says in the Discord. Daniel Ricardo twelfth, Hulkenberg thirteenth, Kimi Räikkönen fourteenth, Perez in fifteenth, 
Giovinazzi in 16th. Russell and Kubica, the two Williams, finished a lap down despite the... Like, King, they had the full... They, had, they were back on the lead lap after the safety car and they still finished a lap down. Jesus! <laughs> Williams ain't shit. Good Lord. Um, and yet the two DNFs, as mentioned, Lance Stroll and Lando Norris, who hit each other on lap 44, which brought out the safety car in the first place. Um, driver standings, I don't even ever want to go through this, because it's, it's just it just makes for painful reading. Lewis Hamilton has a seven-point lead in the Drivers' Championship now over Valtteri Bottas. And then there's a bit of a gap. Max Verstappen is third. He is 46 points behind Lewis Hamilton. <laughs> just, a, just a bit of a gap. Yeah. Five races in, he's 46 points off the championship lead. Seriously. How- I think you could fit, like, the entire Formula E championship in that gap. <laughs> you can fit twice of Pierre Gasly's points haul for the season so far in that gap. And have room left over. Like, that gap is literally two Pierre Gasly's and the Lance Stroll. <laughs> See, kids, I can do algebra. <laughs> Max Verstappen is third on 66 points. Sebastian Vettel fourth on fixed on 64. Charles Leclerc on 57. And then the Formula 1.5 chase goes as underway. Pierre Gasly in the lead by seven points on that one. He has 21 ahead of K-Mag on 14. Perez on 13. Raikkonen on 13. His first race outside of the points all season long. Lando Norris in 12. And then Carlos Sainz Jr. on 10 on double digits. Constructor standings. Mercedes 217 points. Only three away from absolute perfection. The three fastest laps they have not claimed so far this season. 98.6% of all available points. If it was 100, if, if we still didn't have this silly fastest lap rule. But here we are. Five straight, <laughs> one, two finishes to start of the year. That has never happened in F1 history. This team is on a rampage. Ferrari in second. Uh, on 121. Yes, as I mentioned earlier, they are 96 points off the top after just five rounds. Painful. Red Bull on 87 in third in the best of the rest chase. McLaren fourth on 22 points. Um, Racing Point on 17. Haas on 15. Uh, Alfa Romeo on 13. Renault on 12. Renault are in eighth in the constructors right now. Good lord. Um, Toro Rosso in ninth on six points, and Williams still yet to score. As mentioned on the Discord, King, at least now we're under no illusions in the. Uh, of maybe Ferrari's faster discussion. Like, if. If, nope. if Toto Wolf even dares to try and make that argument, I'm going to fight him personally. Seriously. Yeah, it's like there's no. It's over now. It's it's literally all hands on deck because we need it's gonna be a rough ride till till Abu Dhabi. A very rough ride. We're in this for the long haul, kids. Um, oh dear, just no, just just no. Shout out as well to you have to mention briefly mention the F two races. I don't think they were particularly great in all that sense, really, um, either. But Nicholas Latifi won the feature race. He's continuing his very, very strong season on that one. And Nick the Freeze taking revenge on the McLaren Young Driver program by winning the sprint race. Attaboy. <laughs> Attaboy. Good, good, good job from them, too. Um, races were all right. 
go check them out if you haven't already. Um, yep. That was that was they were, they were decent. But yeah, all the Toto memes are now dead. They are in the dumpster fire. We cannot. No one out here can. Make, I like, I like that. Like like Toto was thinking about saying it, and then Karun Channel completely shut him <laughs> down. Karun was like, "No, you're not going to say this. No." Karun was having none of it. We stand Karun Channel. He's a good boy. <laughs> How- Though it should it should be worth noting that. Uh- Dr. Zeter, uh, Dr. Dieter Zietje, the, the head of Mercedes-Benz, mm. accepted the Constructors' Championship trophy because this is his final week as head of Mercedes-Benz before he retires. Oh. <laughs> this makes me sad because he's a legendary figure in the Mercedes uh, in the Mercedes, in the Mercedes garage. And, of course, to, to those un- unaware, the world's most glorious moustache. <laughs> it is a thing of beauty, ladies and gentlemen. If you have not seen it, go out of your way to Google it. It is a thing of beauty. I like that the driver took the piss out of it on the grid before the race even started by having uh, stick-on plastic stashes. But uh, it was a thing of a thing of beauty. I loved it. It was awesome. Happy retirement, Doctor Z. Uh, much appreciated, sir. Um, and. <laughs> yes, he he will be taking on a position as head of uh, Daimler's uh, Daimler's uh, pretty much advisory board. But before he can take that position, he needs to take a mandatory two year sabbatical. So in other words, he has to take a two year holiday. Yes, he has to take a two year. What holiday. a problem to have! <laughs> What a problem to have. Oh no, a man of his age has to has to, has to sit on the pine for two years. What a shame. <laughs> well, shit. <laughs> uh, how, how, how will he sleep at night? <laughs> also, King, we have to mention as well, Neymar was on the grid. How fun was that? <laughs> it's like, hey, what else to do when you're not in the Champions League final? I thought it was trying to make it, trying to negotiate a move back to Barcelona. Personally, <laughs> <laughs> take me back, Barcelona. Please take me back. Paris don't want me anymore. They like that Killian kid instead. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't realize he spoke English so well. Well, like to be, like I know people have said, well, it was kind of broken. Yeah, that's still better English than half of actual English people. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like. True story, but so yeah, they had they had him. They actually, Jensen Butler got to interview him on the grid. It was as painfully awkward as you might think it was. <laughs> it really was. But they had Cesaro in the house as well, King. The WWE Cesaro was uh, yes. was in the house. He was a part of Toro Rosso's crew for the weekend, which was awesome. He was practicing pit stops. He was chatting with the Sky Team. He gave Valtteri the uh, pod position award, which I thought was a cool touch. Um... Yeah, Cesaro was in the house, and he's awesome. So great to see him there at the F1 as well. We we stand this. Also, I love that Vikesh has immediately put in the Discord in capital letters. It was Brundle who interviewed him. Dre, how dare you? <laughs> Look, I was due one error. I'm drew one error a podcast. We know this. <sighs> My apologies, guys. I'm, I'm sure the fact checker will, will will point this out as. Uh, <laughs> as, as, as many of you have me continuing my highly professional standards here folks highly professional <laughs> King how how do we score this on the oh my god we're totally not missing Catalonia scale uh well I missed it because I only watched the highlights <laughs> you lucky bastard <laughs> 
I, I would score it a highlights out of 10, which uh, might as well be a 2. <laughs> it's like, w- one, one would pretty much involve zero overtakes at all. Uh, there, there was some action, so it it, no. it got a two because there was an accident. <laughs> no, like I, I can't like, listen. I gave it a four on the first viewing, uh, <laughs> you gave it a four. and I immediately had people telling me I was far too generous. Um, so I did the Lord's work and I rewatched it this this afternoon on my phone, um, basically, and um. <laughs> They were right. I was too generous. Um, I am amending my score Two. and lowering it to a three. Now, that's the okay. now the thing is, is that I can't like this was better than China. Like at le- <laughs> okay. at least in Catalonia, we had a little bit of action. China was a complete dumpster fire. Like we had Kvyat, we had some fun fights in the midfield after the restart. I can't go lower than a three. Okay. It, oh god, Cam! <laughs> so Cam in the Discord, in in honor of a recent gaming controversy, has decided to race the race a broken marriage out of ten. <laughs> <laughs> I missed that. Oh my god, he just made a pro Jared reference. Oh Jesus! Hey, I didn't want to mention my name on the recording. Oh come on, King! It's YouTube. <laughs> It could be worse. I could have mentioned James Charles. It's like, oh, it's like, well done, Pro Jared. You had the second biggest YouTube scandal of the week. Well done, sir. Had <laughs> a boy. <laughs> oh dear. No, I think a freeze about right. It was. It was. It was an awful Grand Prix. It was. It was terrible. Like China was unequivocally worse because we were expecting it to be a bit more special than it actually was. Catalonia held up to standard. It will not be missed. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Hey, hey, remember, it could be back. <laughs> it could be back. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll cover it now, given the new section is quite, spare, it's quite sparse this week, King. I mean... It kind of says a lot when a certain track in 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 the Netherlands is out here putting Zanfort 2020 on the side of its race banners, back where the air fence is. It's like they're not even being sick because about this. Even <laughs> yeah, Chase Carey has all but confirmed that there will be a press conference to. Tomorrow, tomorrow of when we're recording, mm. announcing that this race will take place in the 2020 season. Yeah, for the record, we're recording uh, this on Monday, so, you know, by the time this goes out, it'll, it will almost certainly be official. We thought, hey, we're journalists, we might actually get this in first, before we record an episode for once, rather than after. <sighs> Go us. <sighs> yes, and this also comes off the back of, uh, you know, the FOM confirming, that Chase Carey confirming that two current races will be removed from the calendar. But he's not said which two. Snot said which two. Um, obviously, eyes are out on the races that don't have contracts, which at this point, you know, Italy has got their contract, uh, but Mexico doesn't, Spain doesn't, and Britain doesn't. Look, Chase Carey's not an idiot. I know he would try and save Silverstone if he could. 
I, I don't think. Yes. I don't think Britain will go. I mean, Luke Smith, who is a friend of the show in general, in general all round awesome journalist. Go follow him. Great guy. Um, he says Germany and Spain are going. Which Germany and Spain are going. Which which kind of bucks the the narrative of this also being Mexico's last year. <sighs> I don't know Mexico. Like they're saying, they're saying it's going to be twenty-one next year. Two, a straight up two out, two in, and you know Germany, Germany and Spain to go for Vietnam and Zanfort. I don't know about this one, gang. <laughs> no, it's like it's going to be. Oh. I think we mentioned it a couple of weeks ago, but Zanfort's going to dramatically need work to make this happen. Well. Not dramatically for there to be a race. For there to be a good race, yeah, there need to be dramatic changes. <laughs> for the race to take place, uh, the biggest issue is Zanvort's paddock, which is located on the interior of the track. Uh, you know, obviously inside the inside the main straight. Issue is the track curves back on itself in turn one, and the issue is that. Because of turn three being where it's placed, uh, it effectively cuts the paddock in half. There's a single road that links what they call paddock one and paddock two. They're literally two separate paddocks because the track comes back in on itself. So the most likely alteration to the track is that turn three would be moved probably a couple meters away to, to... Pretty much create one continuous paddock. I love that that, that involves like, you're just gonna move a corner. Yeah, just 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 move one. Just gonna just literally tear up the road. Just repave yeah, it a couple just meters. Just lift it away. off the ground and just move it like three meters to the right. Problem <laughs> solved. <laughs> As you do. The only controversial part about that is that corner is about. About half the track is as laid out as it was originally designed, and that that turn three is a portion of the original track layout, which is seen as highly controversial. Oh no, bit of nostalgia here, folks, huh? Yes. Ah, I see, I see. And turn three is named after, uh, you know, <laughs> the person who designed the track. <laughs> oh god so you're basically like <laughs> so it's even more symbolic oh no yeah, so in other words, you're, literally, you're literally destroying the guy who designed the track's own corner named after him to get F1 on there <laughs> that sounds like peak F1 to me I don't know about you <laughs> so peak F1 I, I do lord also I still find it very weird we're going to have an F1 calendar with no Germany and no Spain in it very, very odd. Just would I? Mm, I don't know. I'm still questioning whether Germany's actually going to get dropped or not. It seem it seems likely, but the fact that you know you 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 look at the recent race results, you look at the constructors' championship standings, and you're like, are they really though? <laughs> are they really though? If Hockenheim can't afford to put off the race, they can't afford to put off the race like that. <laughs> <laughs> Not unless they're going to keep the, do what they did like in 2016 and just charge out the arse for ticket prices, like so. so yeah, like that's a problem. I, I just oof. And it's when it, when it comes to calendar changes, Germany comes up every year. It's crazy. 
<laughs> so I don't know, man. I, I I hope Germany stays. I like Hockenheim. I've always liked Hockenheim, and I think we need a German race on the calendar, given how much of an influence it's had in F1 recently. But yeesh. I don't know, man. It's not looking promising, which is shit. Yeah, it's not looking promising. Because, like, the most recent story I could find on the German Grand Prix is actually from yesterday. <laughs> Race day. Oh, yeah. Where uh, the boss of Hockenheim said that, uh, quote, we are very happy that we can host the German Grand Prix this year, especially because Mercedes took over sponsorship in October. Mm. Uh, though... Pretty much, he continued on saying that uh, even uh, even a black zero, you know, kind of culturally translate, even breaking even would be a loss uh, because they're not getting government subsidies. And that could be the true testament to why they lose the race is that they won't have subsidies from the the German state they're in, uh, Baden-Württemberg. They won't have subsidies from the state anymore and the fact that uh they were able to keep the race this year at such late notice october of last year they felt like that could affect ticket sales because other races nearby say the austrian grand prix uh were able to confirm their race dates earlier meaning fans probably booked their tickets to that race first that makes sense yeah yeah that's a shitter oh dear what a mess so like Germany has to, yep. words, Germany has to turn a profit, otherwise there is no reason keeping it on the calendar at all. Yeah, it has to turn a big profit because technically, if they break even, they're still at a loss. Well, that's Germany screwed. Um, <laughs> anyone back to the Nurburgring? Um, no. Oh man. It's- you couldn't name you couldn't name a track that wasn't poorer than Hockenheim Trace. Yeah, <laughs> that was more out of hope than expectation. We'll always have Gran Turismo Sport. Praise be. Um, <laughs> Ju- yeah, Spain was shit. Don't watch it. Um, after this quick musical break, we'll come back and we'll talk Formula E and the Monaco E Prix and a bit of World Superbikes too. <sighs> with me kids Jeff 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 the streak is over kids the streak is over yeah this yeah he's 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 killing streaks he's killing streaks he took one streak down he's got his eyes set on another one only time will tell we have a repeat winner for the first time this season <laughs> just like t- just is, it's it's basically like uh, 2012 F1 season again. It's like Monaco ruins everything. <laughs> that time it was Mark Webber. This time it was John Eric Verne. And you know, Jeff pretty much led this one from start to finish. King. I mean, he qualified on the front row, was pushed into pole position due to Ollie Rowland's free place grid penalty from the last race. Um, Rowland had the technical pole position, I guess you could say. Um, yeah, uh, but uh, had to obviously start from fourth uh, due to. Uh, due to his penalty he got from the last Grand Prix, or E-Prix, I should say, technically. Um, so he had to start from fourth, which, yeah, Vern was recently ran unopposed king. It was, uh, it, was, uh, <laughs> a, it, was a, it was a nice procession from the leading group there. Everyone tried to find a way around it, but Jeff was having none of it, basically. 
Yeah, the, the, the closest anyone got was in the closing portion of the race where uh looked like Oliver Rowland was making a comeback and just just didn't have the pace to, to attempt an overtake. Yeah, Rowland ha- was in attack mode. He tried, um, he tried a couple of lunges here and there, but there was just no room anywhere to, to get to get a put to get a pass in on Vern. Um, and that was pretty much the story of the, it was it was a big lead group. That was that was the story of the race. Really, it was a big group of Vern, of uh, Roland. Um, of Felipe Massa for uh, the uh, Venturi team and Pascal Verlein who got up to the back of it from the Mahindra boys he started second he eventually finished in fourth in the end he, he tried he basically gave uh, Felipe Massa about four French kisses on the final lap trying to trying to <laughs> find a way through wasn't happening uh, basically so uh, yeah <laughs> also I love that campus in the discord then the ultimate cork in the bottle, Sebastian Buemi. <laughs> oh. This the guy who had won here twice before. Um, but uh, no, I mean King, we gotta talk. I think this is promises talking about the race as a whole. I mean, we were mad when we talked about this last week that they couldn't race at the full Grand Prix circuit, and I think the race itself kind of validated that complaint because uh, we didn't get much here, did we? Hmm? No, we did not. It ended up in a situation where overtaking was for the very bold, and those who could did what they could, but there's there's always that impasse where, like, pace literally stops you is the biggest obstacle. Or you saw guys who could overtake, but just reached a point in the, like, reached to that point in the field where they just weren't faster enough than the guy in front to get the overtake like Sam Bird mm. where Sam Bird was pretty much cutting through the field up to the point where he was faster than the guy in front of him but he wasn't faster enough yeah and then he puts himself in the wall on the final lap two corners from home <laughs> Bird what are you doing <laughs> I, I, can, I love that in the Discord, the comment of, like, Sam went full Arava career mode. <laughs> Anyone that has played an F1 game on YouTube, me included, knows exactly what that feeling is. We're just going to send it at Raskas and hope for the best, basically. <laughs> Which I think is always quite a funny one. But, uh, yeah, it was disaster for uh, Envision Virgin Racing. It's a shame. Robin Frins, in by proxy, wins what I like to call the Dre's Big Bollocks Award for... Uh, even sending one at to back, which was an audacious lunge. <laughs> I think it was on Stoffel Van Dorn, where he's just passed him into to back, and I'm like, how the fuck did he do that? <laughs> how was he that much faster where he could send it down the inside into to back? I will never know. But uh, he made it work until he was uh, caught up in, a, in an accident at... Uh, <laughs> At uh, San Devot, um, in and uh, had to be lifted off by a crane of about six minutes to go. So uh, both envisions down the back of the field. Sigh. Uh, big sigh. Big sigh. Visions. It's all. It's it's all gone tits up. Um, it's, it's envision Virgin racing there. Um, <laughs> yeah, wasn't great on that one. Um, that was about the highlight of the uh, again. King was out here saying he King out here guaranteed a a lap one accident, <laughs> and everybody made it through clean. It was the last ten minutes, or it all went to shit, basically. 
Um, including Lucas Degrassi King, who was basically yeeted at the hairpin. Oh, oh my god. That's like... Dude, am I watching the Stanley Cup playoffs right now? Because Degrassi just got hip-checked into the boards, yep. and he ain't getting up. <laughs> Hard check. He was out cold. Degrassi's car was out. Um, was Who nudged him into the walking? I want to say it was one of the BMWs, I think. It, yeah, it was one of the BMWs. I couldn't tell. It looked like it was Antonio Felix Acosta, but I can't be 100% certain about that. Yeah, um, that's what I thought it was at first, in, at first impression as well. But, uh, oof, the Degrassi taken out. Everyone was just desperate to make moves, and that's what happens. You just get guys who try a bit too hard, trying to look for an advantage that isn't there, and somebody ends up in a fence. Um, <laughs> oh, dear. But, uh, mm, let's have a quick look at the at the full race standings here. John Eric Verne winning by 0.2 of a second in the end. Yeah, he took the full 25 points in the end. Oliver Rowland, um, who technically was the pole position sitter, although he had the grip penalty, he still gets the three bonus points for pole. So 21 points for Ronnie Rowland in second. Felipe Massa in third with 15 points. Fastest lap bonus goes to Pascal Verlein in fourth, so he gets a bonus point for that. He gets 13 for his troubles. The cork in the bottle, Sebastian Buemi in fifth. Mitch Bra in sixth. For Jaguar, Andre Lotterer, who came from the 20th on the grid to finish in 7th. I wish we'd seen more of that on camera. Jeez. Um, like, again, 7th for Andre Lotterer there. Alex Lynn, 8th for them in the second Jaguar. Good drive from him and his return to the series. Um, Stoffel Van Dorn in 9th. More points for Stoffel, everybody. Yay. Happy Stoffel. Why isn't everybody cheering? <laughs> <laughs> That's one of your boys, King. Hmm. Uh, yay! But it's like I'm still. Yeah, I was HWA were better. Me too. Me too. Um, Pachito Jose Maria Lopez in tenth for the Dragon Boys gets the last of the points. Jerome Ambrosio was eleventh. Nothing for the former series leader. Hmm. Uh, Gary Paffett in 12th for HWA. Alex Sims in 13th. He was in the wars all day long. Tom Dillerman in 14th for the NIO team. Daniel Apt, who I believe was 8th king, but was then given a post-race penalty. Yes, he was. <laughs> Did anyone hear what the reason was? I saw it, from, I saw it on Katie's Twitter, but I didn't uh, see what the reason was. He actually got a penalty. Give me one second, and I'll have the exact reason in front of me. I'll, I'll keep running down the grid in the meantime, while, while King, in his highly professional manner, finds the reason. Sam Bird and Robin Frins were 16th and 17th. They both got collected in their own separate ways. They both binned it in the wall. Uh, and again, freaking five okay. DNFs. Hang on, King, have you found it, King? Uh... Yeah, because it's buried in a lot of... In the usual post-race penalty... Uh, issues pretty oh damn it damn it damn it so yeah i know that uh antonio felix acosta was excluded from the race what was that for uh for exceeding uh power oh that that classic one that old chestnut yep daniel apt was uh handed a 33 second penalty in lieu of a drive-through for contact with neo driver oliver turvey oh so that's why Turvey didn't finish. Daniel App took him out, so they gave App to drive through. Okay, fair enough. So yeah, App dropped to 15th place post-race on penalties. He would, I think he would have finished in 7th place otherwise. 
Oh dear, Daniel. Um, yeah, five DNFs. The Costa, again, as exceeded power, was disqualified from the race result, as well as the four DNFs of Oliver Turvey, Lucas Degrassi, Adoro Mortara, um, and Max Gunfer, who had to park it on the last corner. Sad face. Uh, <laughs> but uh, championship standings real quick as the streak sadly comes to an end. Sigh. Oh dear, but uh, right, John Eric Verne with 87 points, and he's got a yeah, all of a sudden, out of nowhere, T-Cheats are now 1-2 and in the championship, (laughs) as you do how 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 do we let this happen Vern has snuck through through the back door and is now a championship leader again okay how the hell did that happen yes (laughs) Jeff and for those who don't know at the start of the segment I alluded that Jeff has his eye on another streak to break Uh, Formula E is yet to have any multiple time champions hmm and now he's championship leader with 87 points. He's one point ahead of Andre Lotterer in second. Robin Frins in third on 81 points after his DNF. The cost is still stuck on 70 now after his disqualification. Lucas again stuck on 70 after his DNF. Uh, Mitch Evans on 69. Nice. Uh, Jerome D'Ambrosio on 65. Oliver Rowland on 59 as well as Daniel Apt. And Sam Bird rounds off the top 10 with 54 all of a sudden, now in the team standings, there is one big outlier. T Cheetah now has a 38 point lead on 173 points ahead of Envision Virgin Racing, who had a double donut for the weekend on 135, as did Audi, who had both their cars out of the points as well on 129. Mahindra now on 116 in fourth ahead of Nissan. Edam's on 99. BMW on 88. Venturi on 84. Um, Panasonic Jaguar on 74 um, HWA on 28 Please be better uh, Dragon Racing on 13 And the NIO team still yet to score Actually, you know, They've won the last 4 rounds I should say they have 6 points as a team overall Again, who let TT to sneak through the back door And now like are now odds on to win both championships How did this happen? <laughs> who let this happen? I know how this happened <laughs> Though, like Man the, Like yeah, the Drivers' Championship is still extremely close. It's going to go down to the wire, but mm. there's not a lot of time left. We got we got, we got, got four races over three rounds left. Fun times, everybody. Fun times. But, uh, yeah. Where are, we, where are we off to next again, King? We're at the Tempelhof Airport in Berlin. Ah! On, on the day before Classics. Nice! I like Berlin. That should be a fun one. Good looking forward to that. Good track. Uh, one of the better ones for Formula E, if you ask me. So, looking forward to that race. That'll be, again, Day of Classics weekend, the day before. Pre pre drinks. Just before we get out of town, got to talk about Walter Bikes a little bit here. The streak is over! Alvaro Bautista didn't win! Yes! <laughs> Thank fuck for that! <laughs> Jonathan Ray won instead. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> some things change, some things just stay the same. Right. Right. Ugh. At least it was only one win, right? It was only the one win. Yeah. Uh, race two was called <laughs> off um, due to severely bad conditions. I think it's the third time this, this season already we've had a race scratched off the board for poor conditions already. It's kind of crazy. Um, yeah, Jonathan won race one. Um, the main threat for the weekend wasn't actually Bautista. It was Chaz Davis, his teammate. He always goes well around Imola. 
And of course, his bike had a technical retirement on the opening lap. It's like, oh, for God's sake. But one guy that could have made this interesting. <laughs> he cocks it on the opening lap. Bautista wasn't anywhere near the pace. Pretty much all weekend long, really. Um, just struggled to get to grips with Imola um, all weekend. And yeah, Jonathan took off and uh, dominated race one. Won the Super Bowl race as well for an extra 12 points um, on that one. Uh, again, Chaz Davis in second, Bautista third. And yeah, after that, it pissed it down, basically. Um, around 12 o'clock uh, British time, it was chucking it down the rain. They were they were, they tried to get them on the grid. I love that our friend and yours, Lewis, said on Twitter, said they're trying to get this started for 2.15. That sounds optimistic, was, the, was, <laughs> was, was I believe the word he used. And it was. There was literal rivers crossing the track. Um, Imola doesn't drain well, kids. Um, they couldn't have a race. It, it was just too dangerous. Um, Bautista himself said he was slipping in the dry. He can't even imagine what that would have been with a, with a river across the track. It was completely unsafe. We don't, when guys like some of the braver guys like Michael Vandermark um, are saying, you know, far too dangerous, can't race. Yeah, they, they had to call it. And as Lewis points out as well, Concrete rules are way too close. There's a there's a lack of runoff in many parts of Imola as, as a track, where if someone goes off in the wrong spot, it's going to be curtains for him. Um, basically, apparently Jonathan was really keen to race, but I think even he was. <laughs> of course, he wants the extra he points. Just the win. Of course, he wants the extra yeah. points. He ain't stupid. He, like, that's one less race he can chase down Bautista's lead. A race where he knows Bautista is weak. So, yeah, I, I totally get that logic. But, uh, no, race two was abandoned. Um, did not happen. Will not happen. That was the end of the weekend, effectively. Um, Bautista still leads championship by a lot of points. Um, yeah, check out uh, check out the Super Bowl race. That was a fun one. Race one, yeah, not so much, uh, basically. But, uh, King, I think we're just about done here. Anything else you want to mention before we get out of town? <laughs> Uh, well, oh. you know, upcoming weekend. Um, Wait, what? What? Well, two things. One, MotoGP. Uh, we got Le Mans this weekend. That should be great. Yes. <laughs> and we also have the time trials for the Indianapolis 500. Yeah, Indy 500 quarter fine. That should be great. Um, bump day. Mm. <laughs> Which could be one car short because Junkos are apparently in some trouble. Um, hope that doesn't hold up. I hope they can find a solution to that because you know, bump days a little bit less intriguing if there's one less car in the field during qualifying week. Um, so you know that would be a bummer. Also, if you have not seen the clip of uh, the Chinese touring car race where a safety car leans out on track and then literally obliterates both leaders, go out of your way to see it. Um, oh no! Give me one second. I'll see if I can post it up for a live reaction. I've yet to see it. Oh, hang on! If anyone in the Discord's got the link to said video, now would be a very good time. I'm just saying. Up, oh, I see it. It's on. The, it's on the Top Gear website. Okay. Oh fuck! I've seen this. It's hilarious. Okay, What's this? See. Oh, that's, that's. There's a Neo safety car. That's adorable. It's very cute. Wait for it. Okay, here you go. Neo rolls out in front of the field. It's the field still coming. Oh fuck, the field's still coming. No! <laughs> <laughs> 
Yes, it's still coming. Um, <laughs> and next thing you know, both leaders are taken out by one incompetent safety car driver. Great. <laughs> Again, Top Gear's web... Welcome to the TCC. <laughs> if you haven't seen it already, go on Top Gear's website. It's on there. Well worth 30 seconds of your time. What a shit house. Um, but yeah, that should be some fun stuff there. We'll be back next week. Um, also, as, as I've got to mention as well, if you haven't seen the end of the World Super Sport race, check out Federico Caracuzzino getting absolutely criminacked. We love a good criminacarin, uh, the, the, <laughs> as the bike live alumni would say. Um, in the meantime, uh, you can find us one more time. YouTube.com forward slash Motorsport 101. Facebook.com forward slash Motorsport 101. Twitter at Ryan Eric King at Harrison 101. And of course, our own, pop, our own podcast, Twitter at Motorsport underscore 101. Patreon.com forward slash M101 if you want to back us financially. Um, great, great, great fun times to be had there. $5 gets you early access to the show. $10 gets you early access um, to uh, our shows and access to our Discord servers. Supporters Club, where you can listen to these shows live as they go out. Big thanks to Cam, to Vic, to Charles, to Jason, to Lewis as well, to Rezzy for listening in. Hope you guys enjoyed the show this week. We'll be back next week to talk about MotoGP at Le Mans. And the Indy 500's bump day. That should be dramatic. James, please qualify this time. Until then... <laughs> please qualify. <laughs> until then, I've been Andre Harrison. He's been Ryan Eric King. Thank you very much for listening. And we'll catch you guys next time. Sayonara. Bye. <laughs>